This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. I'm Liz Gill, and I am with ASE Certified Mechanic, Allison Walker, the Lady Auto Mechanic. How are you doing today, Allison? I am great. How are you? I'm doing pretty awesome myself. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about discontinued cars, uh, but we're also mostly here to help steer them in the right direction for some of their auto troubles. Do do you, you take care of your own auto troubles? Do you have any auto troubles yourself that you're working on, on uh, any of your vehicles or your family vehicles? Oh, yes. Um, (laughs) Oh, yes. I've got uh, my 240SX, my Nissan 240XS. It's 89. It's an old car. I raced it this weekend and on the way home had a little problem. So I got to figure that out. It's running a little rough. And then I got a BMW in last night to work on, and that's got a weird problem. And my Dodge fan always has problems, so that list is long. That so. That's the thing. Unless it's a brand-new, brand-new car, and even brand-new, mm. brand-new cars have problems. Yeah, I, I hear some weird things here and there. So. Oh, we I diagnosed my problem in our car. Uh, that we, we had the car for, uh, you know, just a couple of days, and the husband said, that back speaker it when it goes to the base it cracks you shouldn't that you know brand new car the speaker should work and i he was all upset and so we we played with it is it the left is it the right is it the front is it the back and then i realized we didn't have a license plate for the car yet so we printed off uh but we we okay this is what it is we ordered a specialty plate Mm -hmm. Um, and so when I went and paid for it they didn't have it yet but they gave me a piece of paper to keep in the car I had put the piece of paper (laughs) over the speaker Ah. so that I guess with speakers you know it's air pressure Mm -hmm. and things and Mm -hmm. so when it got to those lower bass notes the speaker was causing the sound to crackle yeah so I removed the piece of paper from the speaker <laughs> and solved, solved it. <laughs> well, we've got some calls already, and we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear about maybe a car that you used to own that has been discontinued or maybe a car that you've seen in the museums at, or at a uh, car meet. We'd love to hear what discontinued car uh, just has a place in your heart, but we also want to hear about your car problems yourself. So first we're going to go to Jackson. D. thanks for calling in today. Go ahead. Hello, D. Can you hear me? I can. Thanks oh, for calling okay. into AutoCorrect. Go okay. ahead. Come on. Uh, my mom uh, just turned 84, and uh, she's a hard-headed woman. She would. Uh, we live in the wild, wild west part of Jackson, and she would walk, catch the bus, stuff like that. And I had a 2000 uh, Ford Focus that had been sitting it up. It had a number three uh, piston was misfiring on it. 
So I paid a guy. He took the head out, and, and it was reworked, put the head back in, put a brand-new battery in, and nothing. This guy was under my hood for over two hours. When he finished, he had cut a small tube. Now the car ran with, a, with, a, with an old battery. We put it in the car to check it, and it ran. It was no problem. We just needed a tune-up and stuff like that. So uh, he cut a small tube. He ended up disconnecting one of my sensors and put glue on it. Um, virtually all my power steering fluid's gone. Uh, and he did what he said it was a factory reset on the car. So now it doesn't do anything. And my mom was recently diagnosed with Alzheimer's and dementia. And I was trying to get that car fixed, uh, you know, so she wouldn't be walking around. So do you think that he has killed my car? Like messed up the computer or something on it? I would, honestly, I wouldn't know without looking at what's going on with it. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry on that one. That one, that one, I'd have to see with my own hands, but or my own eyes. But I don't feel like he's killed it. I just would get someone you trust. Um, that they sounds, won't even make a sound. They won't even make a peep now. Nothing. Really? Well, I I would get someone that you trust to look at it. Sounds like it's, you know here and there I hear about people getting. Uh, like shade tree mechanics to work on their car and I hear a lot of problems so get get people that you trust that that have a good reputation with with multiple people or maybe I like to offer references so maybe ask if they have references you know that's because I don't I don't even know anybody in the car that my nephew let me borrow I was driving my mom in it and the sway bar link fell off and there's, there's no grease in the axle it's just you know yeah yeah, it, it, it's it really it's awesome to have a trusted mechanic to work on your car, and they they will prove themselves. You know, yeah, it's hard to find that. I don't, I don't even you know I can't even don't even know where to start. Um, if you contact me, email me later, I can give you like kind of an idea and email the show and kind of maybe help you out the best that I can. Dee. Okay, I could probably call because I don't I don't have a, um, a computer or anything or email address or anything. I, I'm just working by dinosaur landline phone now. So. <laughs> well, we'll have our call screener. We'll uh, put we'll put you on uh, hold and okay. our call screener can get uh, uh, your number. But thanks well, so, thank so much for bless. calling in, D. And that reminds us of last week or uh, two weeks ago on our show. We talked about that, that you're a ASE certified and what all that means. And to, to try to look for a mechanic that actually has taken the time to become certified. Right. And they, there are mobile mechanics that, that do that, but there's just not very many but I, that is one thing to look for, and I'm glad you brought that up. It's, it's one thing to have personal references and that, you know, you've, you've heard other people say this guy's good. He's been referred to you. But also ASC certified. If they're ASC certified, that goes a long ways to knowing this person knows what they're talking about and aren't just a shade tree mechanic. You know, some shade tree mechanics are good. I'm not saying that, but, you know, you you definitely have some out there that are just kind of doing an okay job. Right, right. All right, well, let's go ahead. We've got another call calling from Fidelia, Louisiana. Harry, go ahead. Good morning. I have some basic questions. I've got a Chevy uh, Silverado 2010 model, and it recommends using synthetic oil. The synthetic oil is twice the cost of regular oil. Is it worth it, and should you not use the regular oil in it? 
Yes, sir. Synthetic oil. So the, that's a good question. Um, the thing about the synthetic oil is it may cost double, but it goes twice as long. Um, that, was my, my, that was my next question. Uh, the usage mileage on the uh, odometer is showing 50%, and I've gone, I, I do highway mileage only just about, and I've gone about 5,000 miles. Now, that would mean then that it would be changed at roughly 10,000. Is that too much? That's actually when synthetic oil is recommended changed for most of them. So, um, no, that's that's not too much. What I recommend is if you, if you feel a little leery about going that far, start checking and looking at your oil before then. Just have a look at it and see if it looks too dark or you can kind of make your decision on whether to, to change it or not. The thing about synthetic oil versus regular is it doesn't break in until about 5,000 miles. Whereas regular oil breaks in pretty quickly within like a thousand or two, but it goes bad within five thousand. So you it was synthetic oil, you don't want to change it before five thousand miles and you wanna let it go its life and it will it will pay you back. It's it runs cleaner, it actually saves you a little bit of gas mileage, it's it's um it is a little bit smoother running and so it has a lot of benefits and that's why so many car manufacturers have gone to synthetic oil it lasts longer and it's better for your car okay should you change the filter every time you change the oil i recommend it absolutely that's just it's cheap it's cheap to do it versus putting wear on your engine and get a get a high quality one too. Do not get the cheap ones, but they don't hold the oil in it. So when you cold start crank it, there's not oil already in the filter. It'll leak out. It'll come out of the oil. So some of the cheaper ones don't have such a, a good valve in them. I forget what that valve's called, but to hold the oil in your system. So get a good good one. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I go back to the days of spark plugs and checking them and cleaning them and setting the gap. And uh, I've done nothing in ignition maintenance at 160,000 miles. Is that uh, something I should have done previous? What kind of maintenance is, is required now on ignition systems? It's different for different ones, but you would look, average now is about 100 to 120,000 miles on spark plugs. But I do recommend changing them when it's due because it makes your ignition system work harder. Uh, so your coil plugs will are more likely to go bad if you're they're having to work harder to spark and, and reach that gap once the the gap has widened on spark plugs but yeah the iridiums uh average go to about one hundred twenty thousand. now check your owner's manual and i recommend everyone do that to see when your spark plugs are due because they're they vary greatly like my aunt who called in on our first week her spark plugs are due every thirty thousand on a toyota tacoma and i believe hers was like a two thousand 11 um, or so. So, you know, you need to know when that's due, and it's different for different cars. But average is about 100 to 120,000 these days. I sure thank you for the information, and you have a wonderful program, and it's very useful and helpful. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Thanks for calling in, Harry. Um, Allison, Harry, and you were talking about checking the oil. I know different fluids are different colors, but what what should you look for with the oil where you can tell a, a good oil from a bad oil? Good question. After, like with the dipstick, I guess, is right. what you're checking? Right. Yeah, the dipstick. So everyone, go check your oil today <laughs> and look at it. So you're going to see it's going to be kind of a brownish, clear fluid and when it starts getting dark 
that's when you want to start considering like it's time for oil change if it's almost black is way past due and that's not good at all that's not good at all all right well we're going to take our first break of the show is your car under recall there's been quite a few recalls that have happened recently and uh, we're going to have a list of those when we come back so if you have a problem with your vehicle we've got allison here she'll help uh, steer you in the right direction but we're also taking your phone calls to find out what kind of car uh, that maybe has been discontinued that you found very interesting that you have good memories of you're listening to autocorrect on mpb think radio This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to AutoCorrect. I'm with Allison Walker. You can find her on social media. She's the lady auto mechanic, and I'm Liz Gill. Uh, we've got our podcast up and running. Hooray! Hooray! So if you, if you miss our show or you can't listen all the way through, find our podcast. I like to listen to podcasts when I am driving by myself through the middle of nowhere, and usually it's... 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night, and I, I need to listen to something. Where are you to, going at 10 or 11 o'clock at night? Liz? Well, my, <laughs> my mama lives in Arkansas, okay. and it's six hours away, yeah, and uh, I have a job, so yeah. a lot of times I'll have to leave after okay. work to get to her house. Yeah. And, uh, and it's late. Then. And it's okay. late. Yeah. And, and so I like to take a go to podcasts and uh, you just there's lots of different podcast platforms and you put one on your phone and then you can search because there's podcasts about absolutely everything. And I like to download it. But ours is very easy. It's autocorrect. Yes. Um, we t- talked a little bit about some of the, the recalls. Apparently, there's a, uh, there's a big recall of two hundred and fifteen thousand Model year 2015-17 Nissan Morenos SUVs, uh, 16-17 Maxima sedans, 17-18 Pathfinders, and uh, 2017 Infiniti QX60 SUVs. Now, Nissan will begin notifying owners October 15th. Uh, Is that for the CVT transmission? I didn't write down what it was oh, for. Oh, yeah. we'll pull that up in just a little bit. Okay. Um, other things that are on recall are the 1718 Volkswagen Passat sedans and model year 18 Atlas SUVs, Mercedes-Benz 2018 Mercedes-Benz GLE 350s and GLE 354 Max. Uh, GLS 450s, 4 Max, GLS 554 Mac SUVs, model year 2018 Mercedes AMG, GLE 45 4 Mac, GLE 63 4 Mac, 
GLE 63S for Mac and GLS 63 for Mac SUVs. There's also 18 uh, Jeep Renegade Compass Grand Cherokee SUVs, Ram 1500 pickup trucks and ProMaster vans, Fiat 500X hatchbacks, Dodge Journey SUVs, Challenger and Charger cars, Durango SUVs, and Chrysler 300 sedans. Then there's uh, 1718 Jeep Wrangler SUVs, Dodge Grand Caravans, and Chrysler Town and Country minivans, and 1819 Jeep Cherokee SUVs and Chrysler Pacificas. Those are lots of uh, uh, things that are that have the recalls. One of the staff members here at MPB was talking about uh, her memories of cars that no longer, that aren't around anymore. And when she was in high school, she said all the cool girls had Toyota Celicas and Mitsubishi's Eclipse. That's awesome. And she never got one, but uh, she thought that was a good memory for her for uh, she wishes those cars, I guess now that she has a paycheck, (laughs) right? (laughs) maybe that would be her car she would get if they were still having parts again. Those are gorgeous cars. Everybody loves those in the car world. No one, whether you're a classic car lover or not, everyone loves those old Celicas. They're beautiful. I was talking with one of the people in our technical service departments and I found out from someone else that he likes the Subaru XT Coupes and I had one of those brand new in 1985. He's a classic car guy and he likes the Subaru XT Coupes but the parts I guess with classic cars you find out it's it's the parts are hard to get. It's, it makes me want to cry because a lot of cars, they, it is a problem that they they would totally be on the road right now if it's like one little thing that they need that is, is, is hard to get. Now, that's why a lot of people are into classic cars versus like vintage Japanese because you don't see those as much. It's because there's not a market to support them where right. you can get a part for the, the 350 engine for days, the 302, all these parts for classic cars. They interchange. A lot of the parts interchange. So that's a huge market for classic cars. It makes it easier easier to do that and go into that world. I'm always getting told that I need to swap my car to some American engine because it, you can, you can get parts for days, you can anything that you need for them. So it does make sense. Whereas my engine, I can't really get as many parts as I want for it. Right. Well, we are talking about if you have any good memories of cars that are no longer made anymore, and I'm sure lots of people have memories about the the VW Bugs. And, you know, they started making them for a while, then they discontinued them, and now uh, Volkswagen America... Uh, has they're going to after three long generations and seven decades of producing one of America's most recognized and treasured vehicles, the longest running car in automotive history, the Volkswagen Beetle, will cease production by the end of 2019 model year. Again, okay. So, I know a lot of people are sad about that. Yeah, but I, if they're not selling. They'll discontinue. Well, or or is it a way to make it collectible? It does. It does. And so that was my first thought, actually. Oh, I was like, instant collection. Yeah, it does. But uh, I think it's the curse of my family. Usually not so much with cars, but 
anything I like, I go and buy it, and then they'll start discontinuing it. Yeah. So that happened with china patterns or if i find a food a <laughs> snack food oh i love this snack food yeah. well they'll discontinue making you can't it find uh, wait wait yeah. liz gill likes that we need to stop <laughs> issuing that no more of that because yeah. liz gill likes it so yeah. and i had a niece who just in february got a beetle so ah, it, my nice. my yeah. discontinuedness rubbed off on her i oh, know <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, and then there's uh, a number of other cars that are being discontinued. Uh, we'd love to hear from you if you have a favorite car that's been discontinued. Our number is one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's prefix eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four and we would love to hear what was a car that was a favorite of yours that has been discontinued or maybe you've been to a museum and you like seeing cars to uh, and you wish they would bring that car back but we also are taking your automotive repair questions hey the fair is going on i love to go look at the cars at the trade inside the trademark at the fair there you go that's something fun to do those are always and you're not in the sun oh yes yes <laughs> most car shows are in the sun right it's hot but yeah that's what we we like looking at that some of the other cars that will be going away uh, a buick Verano. see i guess i'm i'm so are there are there more cars now because there are so many that I've never even heard of. Or there more tell niches. You, you're reading, this is a Chevy product, and Chevy puts out more random cars, and then you only see them for a year or two, and they disappear. I've never okay. seen a car company do it like right. that as much, where other people tend to, to keep their line for longer right. or, or continue a line. Um, you know, so yeah, folks, you better watch out. Thing. We just bought a Honda Civic. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> well, no, you better watch out that they don't discontinue it. That my curse. They will. Doesn't. I can't see that ever happening with the Civic. I think you got the one that hopefully will never get discontinued. That's right. A fantastic. Car well, line. this uh, the Verena was part of a reduction of the number of cars overall, and because it's uh, they also have a Lacrosse and the Regal. So I guess sometimes they find out that a car, there's one smaller, there's one bigger, and it, it just doesn't suit folks. And we're seeing a shift in the market right now where a lot of people are going to crossovers. Right. And it's, it's making an interesting shift with car companies. Like where it was here, he said the Nissan Quest is getting discontinued because they're going to so many SUVs. So Nissan, it sounds like, is considering not having a minivan in their lineup and then a few others with the same situation. It's like we're, we're kind of going to crossover SUVs is the big thing right, right. now. So yeah. I'm, I'm seeing a shift in the car industry in that big time. All right. Well, we've got some calls that we can go to now. Uh, let's go to Michael from Ocean Springs. Michael, tell us about uh, a, a car that you've uh, admired. Well, I kind of like the old Fords myself. But I did have a, a mechanical question on the newer car. Great, go ahead. My brother has a 2002 Chevy Malibu. I'm sorry, Chevy Impala, and the serpentine belt broke on it, ripped a bunch of wires loose. Those wires are back together. I've replaced several fuses in it, and now it will not do anything from the key switch. And I was just wondering if maybe the key switch got shorted out in it because I know it's electronic also. Yeah, well, I'd put turn the. 
key switch into the own position and see if you're getting uh, power to your starter. That's the way well, you would... There's no power to the starter. I've actually hooked up a jumper uh, wire on it to get it okay. to start and run. And it started? And it started. What about your ignition relay? Your ignition um, system have relay? I have not checked it. have not pulled it out, but I did switch it for another relay that was in the same box uh-huh. with the same number on it. And didn't it's work? And still doing the same thing. It did not work. It could be in your ignition switch then. Um, okay, I'm not yeah. real sure without looking at it myself, but that's just a guess. Okay, well, this car does have the anti-theft system on it, and uh, you can start it up several times, and the anti-theft light will flash on it. Oh, then, yeah, your security system may be set off. Google how to reset that. Um, that's That can be done different ways with different cars. It would be like... Um, I forget all the different ways. Uh, there's a button that you can push sometimes that'll reset it when you have the car and on because you have the key, the actual key, so it'll let you reset it. So Google how to reset your car's auto theft system once that's been set off. That is probably exactly what's happening. Okay, sounds like a winner. It does. Thanks, right, Michael. Thanks. We appreciate you calling in. Um, we're going to take our next break of the show. And uh, do you like car shows? We've got a list of some car shows coming up, and we'll tell you about them after the break. Our number is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. And our email is auto at mpbonline.org. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Get your MPB car tag anytime. It doesn't even have to be up for renewal. Simply go to your county office to sign up. When you get an MPB car tag, a portion of the fee helps MPB continue to educate, inform, and entertain Mississippians. For details, visit mpbonline.org slash car tag. We'll see you on the road. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, which you can find on social media, is our expert, and I'm Liz Gill. We hope that you have downloaded our app. Uh, the MPB Media app is at Google Play Store for Android and iTunes for Apple, and that's another way that folks can listen to us. We've got a full list of phone calls, so let's go ahead and we're going to go to Oxford. Chico, thanks for calling into AutoCorrect today. Good morning, y'all. Good morning. I want to tell you about the car that I miss seeing out on the road. Tell us about it. Well, when I was a kid, 
I really wish that the Nash Metropolitan was still in production. Wow. Good that one. Because got me one of those. Good one. But, but for decades now, the, the car that I, that's brought a smile to my face every time I happen to see one is the Pacer. <laughs> and uh, when when those cars were being manufactured, it was rare to see one in Mississippi. I, I don't think we ever saw one around Tupelo anywhere, and there might have been an AMC dealership. I don't know. But let me tell you why I like the car so much. Go ahead. On the, on the 1978 Bruce Springsteen tour, I was in Jackson to see the show at um, what was then called Municipal Auditorium. Now it's uh, Taliyamara Hall. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Anyway, he was <laughs> playing there and with the band, and there was a. And I was a kid from Tupelo, and just going to Jackson was something crazy for me at the time. And I saw a pacer in person. I'd seen him in magazines. But I saw a pacer in person, and I went up and talked to the people, and they were from New Jersey following Springsteen around. Wow. It was really exotic to talk to someone from New Jersey to me at the time. <laughs> you know. And then, crazy enough, I saw him the next night in Memphis and talked to him again. And the night after that at the show in Nashville, I saw him at that show. But all because of that pacer. I'd, I'd see him out in the parking lot. You can't miss a pacer, too. yeah. Right, right. Plus, it was red. Oh, nice. <laughs> well, I think I'm going to go listen to some Springsteen. I appreciate that. <laughs> right, right on. Thanks for calling in, Chico. That's what I love about car stories is how interesting and how it really tugs at your heart. It does. There's something about it. Yeah, and you don't forget it. Right. It sticks with you. Right. Well, we're glad that uh, uh, Jim has called in from Vicksburg. Go ahead, Jim. Uh, you know, I was uh, remembering that uh, I learned how to drive with, out of the pasture in my grandpa's old 1948 Willis Jeep. Uh, and that was a great experience. And then in the 1990s, uh, I thought I would try to get that old Jeep running. And I did, but then I noticed uh, water getting in the oil and somebody said it had a cracked block. And so it's been in the barn ever since then. And I was just wondering if I got it out, would it be better to try to find an old short block for a 1948 Willis Jeep, or would there would it be better to put some sort of modern four-cylinder engine in it? What, what would be the best way to try to get that old thing running again? I'll throw this out there, Jim. You can have that crack found on that block and repaired. That is one option. You can do repairs on just depending on the crack. And there's a couple ways to find the cracks. It's like magnetic. Can you uh, put the metal particles through there and it'll it'll attract to the crack? But anyway, right. so that's that's one option. And I had a long conversation with a guy this weekend at the at racing right, autocross. Well, about the LS doing LS swaps and why that's a good idea. It's, it's just reliable and there's a lot of parts. And so you have the option of doing something modern with it, you know. But I like the idea of at least attempting to keep the original engine. Uh, and if the engine's running good, it's just a, a, a little crack. It may be repairable. Okay. Which is a, an right. expense in itself. It's just something. It's just an option. Okay. All right. I'll look into it. Thank you. Awesome. Good luck on repairing it. All right. Bye. Gosh, I'd, I'd, I'd like to know how many 
barns in Mississippi have an old car in them. That would be interesting. Uh, I took a picture and posted one on Instagram the other day. It's just gorgeous old 40-something GMC truck. So beautiful. And he, he, he had health problems come up, and it sat in his barn. It was his father's truck. So you have a lot of situations like that right. where these wonderful trucks are sitting there, and they can't let them go. So right, they sit right, there, and they right. can't quite afford to have someone restore them. Right. So it's kind of... In, in limbo. Learn to drive in the field. I love that one. That was good. All right. Let's go to uh, Natchez. Randy, thanks for calling in today. Hi. Uh, I wanted to tell you about a common gear I had as a teenager, you know, driving along at 45 miles an hour. <laughs> now, you're going to have to say that again. I'm not familiar with that. What kind of car was it? Carmen Gia. Uh, a Carmen Gia. Yeah. Uh, all and right. Heard of them? I've I've not I've not heard of that. That's one I'm going to have to 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 Google or find a picture of one. You see those around occasionally. They're not totally. They they are still around. There are a lot of people who love them and and keep them going. You don't. You, of course, you're not going to see them as much as a, say, a '57 Chevy, but. Um, you're, they are around, and I think didn't they? They lined up with Volkswagen. Yeah, Volkswagen Common Gear. They, yeah. Or they are Volkswagen. Yeah. So yeah, I, little I car. Yeah, they're a good good car. Little car, nimble, little two door. Yeah, I, mean, I had a convertible. I had a girlfriend in Natchez, and I was living in Vicksburg, and I'd drive it. 45 of my hair on fire thinking I was really burning up the road back then. <laughs> Down 61. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. But that's, that's all I have to say. I just want to let you know that's a, if for pure love of driving, you should drive one of those cars. Thanks for, Randy, Easy. that you've, you've piqued my interest in that. Uh, Allison, we were talking about car shows. You're going to be somewhere this weekend? Yes. So I'll be at the Low Style Expo in Midtown, Jackson. And so that's behind Millsaps. And that's a big arts area there. Right. So it's going to be a, an art show with a car show. And it's going to benefit the Good Samaritan Center. All right. The, the, the proceeds will go to that. I'll be there signing autographs. I'll have a little picture done and sign autograph and take pictures with anyone. And then bring canned goods. So we're bringing, we're going to be doing that, donating canned goods to the Good Samaritan Center. And um, so that'll be fun. And that's from 1030 to 130. All right. Over there in Midtown. It's, it, you know, getting into this car show, uh, Getting into this radio show and learning about car shows, there are so many car enthusiasts that are philanthropists that uh, there's lots of car shows that are associated with a cause or a charity or a donation. You know, one thing I notice and I love about being in the car world is it's a clean, fun thing to do lots of it's families a, it's, it's it's clean like we race autocross there's no in, you know anything it's this isn't some wild racers out there you know <laughs> just just doing crazy stuff it's very family oriented very kid friendly and that's most car shows are and everything are like that right and I, and I like that well and if you're not in the jackson area minden hall has friday nights on main biloxi main street cafe has a first friday night cruise in in downtown biloxi at the parking lot just south of the mardi gras museum but the coast cruising the coast is going on so there's car enthusiasts on the coast if you're listening hi hi everybody <laughs> um there's car enthusiasts there that come from all over the world all over the country and 
I we can't read the events because they have something going on every single minute, every single minute for yeah. eight days. Yeah, it's it's just uh, unbelievable how much they've got going on. But there is a car show at Okila on Saturday the sixth. There is. Uh, uh, just car shows all over the state. That's interesting. What fun. Right. Yes. All right. Well, we're going to go. All, speaking of all over the state, we love that we have listeners uh, all over the this area of the country. So we're going to go to Alabama, and Jimmy is calling in. Go ahead, Jimmy. Thanks for calling AutoCorrect. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Great. How are you? All right. Love your show. Thank you. Um, I want to ask a question about alternator and battery and all. I have a 2000 Mitsubishi Montero Sport XLS. Been had a while. The alternator, I guess, and the battery went out. They had the alternator light lighting up on the inside. So I had to put it in the shop and had it exchanged, put a new battery and alternator in it. And it, the light's still flashing inside. It's not full red, it's just lightly red. So I had I, I hadn't did anything else to it. So I was just wondering what is the problem with it now? You know, I, I was going to take it to the shop and uh, let them put it on the machine because we find out what's the problem. Well, I was just asking the question. Okay. Well, it sounds like you may have a loose connection, honestly. Just something's, something's a little loose. It's something going on with the wiring is what I would assume if it's running fine and everything. And it could oh. just be to that, that one light bulb. Um, so just a couple things they could check. But it's probably simple, I would hope, on that, without looking at it myself. Okay, now, I, I turn the headlights on, you can see the clock light get dim, the interior light get dim. Hmm, that's interesting. I I don't know. Maybe your alternator is, it, even though they replaced it, maybe there's still a problem with it. Maybe go get it, get, get it tested. Get your system kind of checked over again and make sure everything's... Uh, going right. correct. It could be the regulator in the alternator is not really good, but yeah. so I'd get that okay. just tested again. All right, then. So I get it checked out, checked out again, right? Sounds good to me. Yeah, I can't think of anything else. All right, thank you very much. You're welcome. Have a great day. All right, Jimmy, we're glad that you called in. Uh, We're going to take our last break of the hour, and we're going to continue our our reminiscing about uh, some of our favorite cars that uh, have been discontinued. Um, And we'll also tell you about Gas Buddy. Do you know about Gas Buddy? Do you use Gas Buddy? We'll find out where some of the cheapest gas is and what's the price uh, around the state. Our number for autocorrect to call and be a part of the show is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can also send us an email to auto at mpbonline.org. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Your old car is kind of like that hairstyle you had in high school. Really cool back in the day. But that old car is still cool when you donate it to MPB Think Radio. Go to mpbonline.org for details. Then sit back and enjoy the ride. Now that's cool. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. 
To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to AutoCorrect. Now, remember, if you miss any of our program, you can listen to the whole show again on our website, mpbonline.org slash autocorrect. I'm Liz Gill, and I've got the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, ASE certified with me. And uh, we're talking cars today about cars that have been discontinued. Uh, and we were mentioning Gas Buddy. Do you do you use Gas Buddy, or do you have an app on your phone where you use to find the cheapest gas, or do you just always go to the same place all the time? No, I look for cheap gas. <laughs> I am crazy about it. So when you said that, I'm like, yes, I need to use that. Well, Gas Buddy, uh, I guess it's an app. It's also a website. It, uh, it I, and I, you know, I don't know if how. I guess people self-report. But anyway, you can find uh, w- places they can um, either show, put it in your location and it tells you what's closest to you, or you can uh, pull up a map and uh, see what's going on. So on the, the coast, it looks like gas is uh, 255, 259, 254. Oh, there's a 249. Um Okay, that, now that's is the South Haven area. And then if you're in the Jackson area, um, there's uh, 259, 254. That uh, seems to be about the, the going rate in the Mississippi area. I love it that Mississippi gas always seems much less expensive than gas around the country. Oh, yeah. but uh, there's a... Be careful on the coast. There's a 287 uh, at one uh, station, but the rest are uh, 246, 254, 255. So let me guess that 287 is right in the middle of the cruise on the coast. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> Probably so. Probably so. All right, let's go back to the phones now uh, from Mobile. We've got Mikey. Thanks for calling to autocorrect. Oh, thank you. I'm so delighted to have this show. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. you. Um, uh, and, okay, I'm going to, uh, okay, i got two favorites. Um, and it's the only two vehicles that I've ever owned, frankly. Um, it was an old when I bought it, but it drove me all the way to Washington, D.C. with my stuff piled all over the top of it under a tarp and in the back seat. Where I and drove me around there for years. Then I drove it back to Mobile, and then a sister drove it to Chico, California. Okay, so nice. it's a '68 Chevy Malibu. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and uh, like I say, this was uh, years later when that it was still running fantastically. And, well, they still uh, make those. So. But my my real favorite is the one I'm still currently driving, and it's a reverse of '68. It's a, an '86 and a half. I like that one half thing. Uh, Nissan truck. <laughs> oh gosh, and, yes. And I, I had a guy, a, a really nice guy. I was coming out of a convenience store the other day and uh, backing up, trying to pay attention with hazards on, of course. And the I heard somebody going, "Hey, lady." And I, you know, I looked around it. She looked around again, and I saw this. He had pulled up behind me in this gorgeous black—I mean, big, gorgeous black truck. You know, it's like, and I'm pulling out my little 
silvery Nissan, what's, what's not rusty. And, and he says, that's a really great truck. <laughs> those are sought after, so don't don't be embarrassed by that at all. Those are wonderful trucks. I love them every time I see one. And there's a lot on the road still, which says a lot. Well, that's what the next thing he said was, you can't tear them up. I got one. I said, what, what year is yours? And he said, it's a 94, I think. And I, yeah. I and my 89 Nissan has the same engine you have in that truck, and I raced it this weekend. <laughs> so it's Anyhow, I love good. that. But what I really caught my question today is how are parts consolidated uh, to keep older cars, quote unquote, in parts? I mean, in other junkyards, do makers warehouse or dealers warehouse them? If so, what is the shortest way to find who does? You have to research. I, I've got a couple of outlets I use. I love rockauto.com. Every, everyone knows about that one that's in the car world. But I'm it's, again, I'm, my, my phone is acting weird. It's, it is a research thing. You just have to find out. And for your truck specifically, I don't know of a of a, a manufacturer or, or a company that sells parts just for that. That's... That's kind of a, a junkyard find. Um, you can call a junkyard and ask for a part, and they network with each other and can find you parts sometimes. So that's a good outlet. And then we had a guy called in who said that they have uh, a nonprofit uh, website put together. I forget what it's called now. But it, it, where it networks the, the junkyard, so that's one way to look for, look for cars. And that's been around for a long time. You can call one, and they'll, they'll source it for you. For a vehicle like that, that's probably your best bet is to get a relationship with a junkyard close to you a salvage yard well mikey thanks for calling and i hope you can find some parts for your truck uh we're going to take uh one last call let's go ahead and go oh we've got two johns but we're going uh, john from indianola thanks for taking thanks for giving us a call good morning good morning uh, i have a comment about the carmen Gia. That the man mentioned. I have a, a 73 Carmen Ghia that I've owned for over 30 years now. But uh, the reason they look a lot like a Porsche, and the reason why is the design engineer on Volkswagen's project for that was named Ferdinand Porsche before he went and started his own company. Ah, that's a good tidbit. That's good information. All right. Well, th- now I uh, now I really want to go look at it. Thanks for yeah. calling in. Now we did get a couple of emails uh, quickly. Uh, Tim emailed uh, not his favorite car, but the least favorite car was a '73 Ford Maverick. Uh, he believes the U.S. car industry hit a low point in the '70s. <laughs> that he doesn't think. Are there many? cars that are considered classic that originated in the 70s? It, that's when emissions hit. So it, oh, it, hit, okay. it hit the Ford, uh, it hit the American car manufacturers like a bomb. It, affects, okay. it affected the Chevy Corvette. Okay. And so that's where that came from. And then uh, here's one. Uh, Allison and I both had an opinion on this next email from George. Uh, George writes, you mentioned parts availability issues with overseas cars. What about the Lincoln LS V8 it, it is technically a Jaguar. I'm thinking of buying one, and I want to know when I need parts, what my experience will be. Uh, also, do recommend uh, 
avoiding these type of cars. So what 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 about getting parts for a Jaguar? I'd recommend going to carcomplaints.com, looking at that car and seeing what the problems were, that your average problems with it, and then going and seeing if you can get those parts. Go okay. ahead and do the research a little bit. Call O'Reilly's, look on rockauto.com, see if they're in salvage yards very much. But we were both agreeing that the Jaguars are kind of not maybe the best made vehicle out there. And they, you know, you, you can you probably they're get parts because it's looking, a Lincoln. Oh, gosh, aren't they gorgeous? <laughs> uh, probably some of the most sought after cars there are, but that was the older ones. And right. so the, the the newer ones are made interestingly. I'll put it like that. <laughs> and that's how we will end our show today. <laughs> that's going to wrap us up for AutoCorrect. Our call screener today was uh, Jay White and Kevin Farrell helped for a little bit. And our board engineer is Michelle McAdoo. Uh, oh, and Java Chapman. All right. It's, it, it takes a village. <laughs> so for Allison Walker, who you can follow on Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, and see this weekend at the Low, Low Style Expo, Low Style Expo uh, the Lady Auto Mechanic, I am Liz Gill. Up next is our Thursday Southern Remedy show, Kids and Teens, with Dr. Morgan McLeod. Join us next Thursday at 10 a.m. for AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio when we're going to talk about gasoline. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.